Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Hey, everybody. Good afternoon to you on a uh, Tuesday here in the capital city. We say hello. You can always get in on the program. 264-1700. Again, that is 264-1700. A lot of breaking stories that we will have here for you uh, throughout the next three hours. Uh, the guest list includes at about 1225, Zupa Mahente from ESPN. 1 o'clock, Alex Halstead, 24-7, Cyclone Alert, the latest on everything the Cyclones are doing. At 1.40, Ryan Van Bibber, SB Nation on the NFL and some of the changes taking place in the NFL. And at 2 o'clock, Wolfgang and Trent get together for their twice-weekly conversation. How you doing, pal? Everything good? Yeah, yeah, good. Yep. Good hockey last night. Man, it was great hockey last night. Uh, my twins got down 5 nothing. I was swearing, throwing things. <laughs> yeah. They come roaring back. See what? See you cussed them out? Look what happened. That's all it took. So, yeah, good night overall. Okay. I, I could feel as the day went on yesterday a little tickle in the throat. Uh-oh. Yeah, I don't know. Changing weather. Maybe uh, you've got a... Uh, what is it? Allergies, you know, things like that. Yeah. But, uh, You're going to fight through it? Well, I always do. That's true. But uh, Since so, you did the show with walking pneumonia. Well, of course, of course. But, <laughs> yes. yeah, uh, feeling a little bit better today. Oh, you so are? Hopefully we're okay. on the path to recovery. Perfect. You just take a whole now, bunch do of you medicine get... and hope, hope something hits. <laughs> do you get do you get sick because you got a little kid? Does she track no, it? No, no, I don't think that's Are you that. just a sickly kind of guy? No, no. Okay. I just pick I stuff up here and yeah, there. Yeah. Well, wash your hands more. Your mom would tell I'm you to do that. Stuck in here. <laughs> stuck in here all day, Jimmy B. <laughs> if you wash your hands with soap more often, <laughs> I can hear. Doctor right, I, I can hear my mom telling you right now to do that. And my mom didn't worry about stuff. She like doesn't. Worry. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's what you get. Um, let's get into a, a couple of things. Uh, a couple of stories that are local, and we always like the lead when there is local information. Uh, we'll start with Iowa State because we'll expand on this a lot more at 1 o'clock when Alex Halstead will join us. And something that you uh, blistered out, was it two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, roughly? You indicated you that, uh, with Jacobson. Michael Jacobson, I thought you blurted that out a couple of weeks back. Well, Michael Jacobson, a guy that initially I was a bit surprised that Iowa State wasn't in there as early oh, okay. as some of the others. I think that was a pretty natural fit. I think mm-hmm. it made a whole lot of sense. Now, we know at the time that Iowa State was after some bigger targets. Yes. Uh, not just his teammate Ed Morrow in terms of sit-out transfers, but you know they're looking at Justin, right. the junior college kid. They were looking at... Some other fifth-year guys that could help him out right away. So he was down on the pecking order here, but I think it was both sides. This is going to be a marriage that works out very well. Mm -hmm. I I think Michael Jacobson still has a lot of upside to his game. You you go back to his high school career, he's a kid that could shoot it very well. I think you're going to see that start to come back with a year to develop that jump shot, maybe get a little confidence back with it as well. I think he's got that part of his game. He's got the quickness, I think, to get around some guys. He can add strength. He's already a very good rebounder. He's just a good player. Mm-hmm. And I don't know advanced numbers that well. You know, I, I take a peek at from baseball to basketball and different things, but I just don't know them well enough. I'll, I'll pull up 
All right, go over to Kempom. I'd like to ask a somebody that knows how to kind of decipher the numbers well. Oh, okay. If Michael Jacobson's numbers, it seemed like he was a very efficient player. Is kind of what I'm getting at. I, I thought. I don't he, know if the numbers bear that out. Right. This is just, and a lot of times your mind can just be clouded with your own sure. interpretation, and especially for a kid that I probably called. 20 of his basketball yeah. games. Well, you saw him up close. Yeah, I mean, know the family, all these mm-hmm. different things. You're rooting for a local kid to yeah. do well in the Big Ten, all these different parts. And so I don't know if my judgment's clouded because of that. I would like somebody to take a look at those numbers, though, and, and see if, if my interpretation is correct or if it's just select a bias that I have every time he did something good. Hey, hey, hey remember yeah, that time? Yeah. <laughs> and then you forget some of the other times. But I like Jacobson. Mm-hmm. I've always liked his game. I was surprised in high school that Iowa and Iowa State kind of took a pass at him. Yeah. Now, scholarship-wise, I know it didn't work out for either side, but but even some of the other Midwest kind of regional places, I know I think it was Wake Forest was involved with them, Vanderbilt, two good academic good schools. Good academic schools. And with his pops, you could understand that. Yeah. But uh, I was surprised that there weren't. Wisconsin taking a deeper look, Minnesota looking, oh, Missouri, see. you know, okay. uh, programs like that, Kansas State. Yeah, thing, sure. I figured there would be more of that. There wasn't, and I don't know why. I just, I've always liked his game. I always thought it was very good, certainly at the Power Five level. I knew he could play at that oh, level, and he's absolutely. proven that already. Oh, yeah. Now with the redshirt season to work on his game, if he dedicates himself, and there's no doubt that Michael Jacobson will do that during his redshirt year, but I'll tell you. Iowa State's going to have a bear on their hands their last two years there. Yeah. His junior and senior year. He's, yeah. he's going to be really good. He can play. Yeah. And look, the times that I watched him uh, at Nebraska, I mean, he's, he's a horse on the glass. Mm-hmm. And when you're in college basketball right now, those big, tough rebound guys, they're hard to come by because mm-hmm. everybody wants to jack threes. Right, right. So now you got a guy who's legit 6'9". And probably by the time he's ready to play, what's he weigh right now? About 230? 240. 240? Okay. My guess is he's probably going to be in that 240 to 250 range. Mm -hmm. And, and he can, he can ball. And there's, there's a spot in a starting lineup for a guy that has the skill set that he has. And I do agree with you. I think his shot will be better by the time he shows up. There's no question in my mind about that. Well, this is what he did from downtown the last two years. Okay. His first two years. Uh, freshman year, he went 3 of 16. At Nebraska, we're talking. And then last year, he was 4 of 23. So okay. he didn't shoot a ton he didn't of them. shoot a lot of threes. Yeah, about, you know, one a game, a little less than one a game. Okay. 18% and 17%. Yeah, no, yeah. That's not very good. But his senior year, he was 30 of 82. Yeah. You know, the line is, I mean, incredibly close. Yes. So, I don't think that was the difference there. She shot at nearly 37% during that season. Let's see, uh, bring up his junior year and see what he shot there as well. But uh, like I said, he, he was, always had that ability to shoot it from the outside. Shoot, shot 30% uh, during his junior year, too. So he, he could shoot it from Oh, outside. yeah. He can yeah. shoot it from out there. I, and, and to be honest with you, I don't think Iowa State's going to need a guy to step out. They're going to have plenty of them. Well, and nah, I, think, I, think I disagree you there. You don't think so? Because who do you have in the middle? Young. Right. Solomon Young's not a guy that oh, can no, he, no, he's not going to do that. Right. And if okay. you want to play Jacobson and him oh, together. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Or if Cameron okay. Laird turns into a guy that you know needs post-touches, sure. Jacobson's going to have to expand his expand game. Expand his game. Okay. That's All right. what I'm getting I, to. Okay. I, I read you on that yeah. then. 
But a very good rebounder. He's a very good rebounder. Very good rebounder. And he can block shots, too. And think of the way that he's retooled his body. Yeah. I think that has something to do with with what happened with the shot just not being as consistent as mm-hmm. it was. Is this a kid that put on a lot of strength right away? Yes. Nebraska, yeah, we like to make fun of the Cornhuskers. Oh, yeah. That, that's the one thing that both Iowa and Iowa State fans can come together on, uh, disliking uh, Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> but might be the only thing. <laughs> their, their strength and conditioning program, though, is very good. Uh-huh. Both football and basketball, they do a good job, and you saw that with Jacob. You bet. Just how much bigger. I think that was a question mark with some people is kind of with his build, he had that lanky build. How much weight can you put on him, especially early on? Right. But they showed ability right away to get him up there. So uh, you couple that together, I think that a lot of times that does have a lot to do with your shot. It can, mm-hmm. if you, A, you're not working out at the same level, plus you're working on gaining strength. All these factors all play in. I think it's a steal for Iowa State. I, I agree. I, I think the kids, once he's uh, eligible to play after sitting out this coming season, I, I think they got a steal. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be a starter his junior and senior year. Uh, and, and he's going to I – think, I think Cyclone fans – should be happy that they got a guy of this caliber. Still two open scholarships, though. Correct. If Darius McNeil is let out of his letter of intent. Now it's the waiting game. I I was reading Travis Hines' article yesterday with the Ames Tribune. One thing kind of bothered me. What's that? So this is the story that Prome was relaying to Travis Hines. And he said, quote, Prome says this. His mother and I communicated through text Saturday and they asked for his release. I told him the proper channels to go through for that and advise them on the proper steps, unquote. So you got a kid that's making this decision. Sure. A couple weeks before he's set to arrive in Ames. Right. And he doesn't make a phone call. His mom, oh, his mom reaches out. He doesn't even send a text himself. Yeah. yeah. He has his mom do it? Yeah. I don't like that. I, I don't want to be old man Condon here. Well, we I, get enough of that out of old man Brinson oh, to my right. See, I'm on the other side of that. Okay, go ahead. Explain yourself, old man. But if you're going to make a decision like this, if you're going to put Iowa State in an incredible tough spot, you've been committed for nine months. You signed your letter of intent back in November. You didn't make this decision until within the last few weeks at the very least. And all of a sudden, you're going to make this decision to pull out of your commitment and you can't make a phone call? You can't pick up the phone and make that call and explain yourself. You have your mom do it. I got a problem with that. All right. Didn't uh, Prome indicate that he had a couple of conversations with McNeil in the last couple of weeks? I thought that was part of the equation here. Okay. So I know that uh, reading different articles, I know that uh, those conversations did indeed take place. So here you are. And you're 17, 18. If those conversations did indeed take place, the wheels were already running. My guess is, is that his mother sent that to find out exactly what sort of paperwork has to be done because she would probably have to be involved in it in order to get that transfer. I don't know. I never transferred from college. You did. Yeah, I was not an athlete. <laughs> so uh, I, I didn't. So I you know what, know I what I had I to do? Yeah, walk, send, out, walk into the other yeah, one? <laughs> send my transcript and then write him a check for tuition. That's what I had to do. So I don't know if parent signatures have to be on it or or For a letter of intent, yeah. So yeah. I, I'm, see, that, that's where I'm, I'm going here. But still, so I'm, I, I get it. It's a little strange, it, but it, I'm, I, guessing, I'm guessing that they had... 
the the player and the coach had conversations and the parent reached out to find out exactly what channels they had to go through. Yeah, I get that part and okay. I understand that part of okay. it. But just the way that just listen to this again. His mother and I communicated through text Saturday mm-hmm. and they asked for his release. It it sounds to it's, me okay. like with, with that, there, there might have okay. been communication back and yes, forth. Yes, yes. Maybe that Darius and the coaching staff were talking. Yeah. But when push came to shove, when it was nut cutting time, you think mom, mom, mom did tell it? him that I want a release. Uh, I, that's how I read. That's how you read it. It's just interpretation. It is, and see, I could be, but if that is the case. That's what I got a big problem. With. Okay. you get what I'm getting. I, I understand. Okay. I understand your problem with with mom. When doing it comes to, to that to, point, to nut cutting time. Yeah. Yes. No, the kids should do that. Yes. My guess is I'm guessing that that's the way that Prome phrased it. But didn't he say that I gave her the information to go through proper channels? Yeah. Okay. For... See, yeah, that's that's why I'm hedging on that particular text because parents most likely on a transfer, have to have signatures on there. Regardless. Okay. And we talk about we don't like that players get held hostage. Correct. That is true. But we can both agree, right? This is pretty shady. This close... I'm, this close not, to when you're arriving on campus, I'm not, not going to argue has that with you. I, I won't argue that you one know, there, with there you. There wasn't a tornado that came no, through Ames. No, I know. The campus is the yeah, same. Yeah, nothing the, changed. The coaching cha- Steve Prohm's there. Yeah. All the assistant coaches are there. Yeah. It's not like they brought in no. six guards that are fifth-year grad no, transfers. I, I got you. So what changed? Nothing. Mm-hmm. That's so, why this look. is... This is the shady component on the other but side. But don't you think, though, that this happens a lot? We just don't hear about it at other schools that much? I don't think so. I don't think we see this a lot. Does it happen? Probably. Probably, yeah. But rarely. Rarely you see two weeks before you're supposed to arrive on campus well, with nothing that has changed. Right. I understand. I, I'm not going to go there anymore. Maybe you got cold feet. Cold feet, you signed your letter of intent. I know what he did, but he maybe he got cold feet. I'm Look, I'm trying to take the side of an 18-year-old who's popping pimples in the bathroom. We normally do. Okay. We, we like to take that side. Yes. This one, though, something fishy's going on. Something fishy's going on. Jimmy B, we'll get into that more with Alex Halstead. That'll be o'clock. good. I like that. We got Zubin Mahente coming up here in just a little bit. Before that, though... Time to take a look back at the world of sports from last night. It's in case you missed it, and it's presented by Wolf Construction Roofing. We start in New York. Sing it, Jimmy B. Jason Vargas with a good start until D.D. Gregorius comes to the plate. Really make a difference. High drive, right field, Solaire back, looking up. See ya! 3-2 Michael K on the call on the Yes Network. Do you like Michael K, Jimmy it's B? all right. Yeah, I mean, I don't dislike a lot of them. People like dislike announcers. I, I, I don't get into that. I know the work that goes involved to doing games. I, I mean, if a guy really is awful, <laughs> then I'm going to say, yeah, that guy really sucks. Stop talking about me like that, Brinson. <laughs> I was all over Twitter. <laughs> a 4-2 victory for the Yankees against the Royals yesterday. We go to the East Coast once again in Baltimore. The Twins down 5 nothing early. Yeah. Oh, boy. 
It's ugly. Well, and, they battled back. Wait a minute, you cussed at them. Oh, of course. I said uh, there was a lot of cuss words. <laughs> there was a lot being said. But they battled back. They tie it up at six. Then they go to the sixth inning, and they put six more on the board. Mauer drives it to left. Mancini with a diving attempt. It gets by him. Buxton will score. A liner to left, a base hit. Grossman will come in to score. Good weeks and not so good weeks. Happer right side and fumbled by Scope. A drive to the gap in left center field. Down for a hit. Sano will score. Kepler behind him. He's being waved around. Throw to the plate. Not in time. And a ball. <laughs> Well, that's a balk. A run will come in. He can hurry all he wants. That's uh, as easy an RBI as you're going to get for that Byron Buxton. That is the pitcher losing the ball like that. <laughs> that's pretty that funny. Six more on the board. The Twins roll to the 14-7 win. The Vikings over the Ravens, 14-7 in NFL action. You should cuss at your TV more often. Apparently. Yeah. Nah, I, I cuss at it plenty. It doesn't work that well <laughs> very often. We go to Wrigley. The Red Hot Giants in town. That's right. Giants are playing good baseball, yeah. Jimmy B, including Joe Panic. Oh, boy. Panic gets a high fly ball to left near the track. At the wall. Out of here. Adios. Atlanta. Get on the ground. Panic's got it. He's going to shovel to Crawford. And they're going to get the lead runner, and that's a nice play. Panic is knocked in another run. It's 2 nothing. Panic, he loves the leadoff spot. It's hit hard. There's a high drive. Panic the second turns, and he'll hold there. He's got a homer and now two doubles. Just like we had a Jimmy B, mm-hmm. Joe Panic was going to be the star of the game. <laughs> and Lackey got lit night. up. Didn't we say yesterday, you don't know if you're going to get good Lackey or bad Lackey? Absolutely. And it was bad Lackey it last was. night. At this point in his career, you just never know how that's going to go. We finish up Jimmy B with the NBA from last night. Well, uh, the Spurs were trying to keep it interesting. They, they tried. They you know, yeah. battled back yeah. late in the third. I just love this play out of Kevin Durant. Jimmy B, an answer seemingly every single time in the case again last night out of the Warriors. Durant. Quickly silences the crowd. He's Kevin got- Durant continuing to be spectacular as the crowd going crazy. All right, enough of that, Mark yeah. Jackson. Little, it was that step back move goes behind the back. I know, creates you, space. You he doesn't to, do it with the push off. You no, you have to remember he's six ten. Yeah, I mean, it's, some people think he he might even be taller he's than that. Seven now. foot. Yeah, yeah. And he, much, much like Kevin Garnett used to say that he was six foot twelve, yeah, because <laughs> he didn't want to be labeled seven, a seven, seven footer. footer. Bill Walton six eleven didn't want to be a seven footer. All those guys. Look, it's you know you you couldn't block Dirk Nowitzki from out there, and you can't block Kevin Durant out there. It's impossible. By the way, you think we saw the last of Manu Ginobili now thirty nine years of age? Well, I want to get into that with you in a little bit. Okay, let's take a break here. All right, we're going to come back on the other side. We got Zubin in here. Yes, he we wants do. to talk some NBA. Yeah, he will. I got a question I want to pose to you about that. About Manu, they were chanting his name. Cool scene at the end of the it game. It was from very the Spurs. cool. I, I watched it. But uh, some thoughts rattling around in my brain. I know you always like that, Jimmy B. That's always a scary proposition. Up next, Zubin Mahente, ESPN. Right here, it's the Big Talker, seventeen hundred. The big games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports. 1700 KBGG. Trust, quality, value. 
Just some of the words that have been used by Wolf Construction Roofing customers to describe their experience. Wolf Construction Roofing works on residential and commercial roofing, including single-family and multi-family homes, tear-offs, specialty roofing, and gutters. Wolf Construction has grown into a roofing machine that installs and re-roofs nearly 2 million square feet of roofing each year. Wolf Construction has been given the Super Service Award from Angie's List and is accredited with the Better Business Bureau. Call them today for your free estimate. Wolf Construction Roofing, 515-216-3643. That's 515-216-3643. And online, wolfconstruction.net. Kubota's Orange Opportunity sales event is going on now. Get commercial-grade performance in a full four-year factory warranty at a price you can afford with a new Commander Zero-Turn mower. Now get special promotional pricing of $38.99 with zero down and 0% financing for up to 48 months. Now through May 31st, 2017. Call toll-free 1-800-794-4992 for details about cost and terms. For complete warranty details, see Kubota.com or your authorized Kubota dealer. Come see Jake at Capital City Equipment in Des Moines, just off I-80 on 2nd Avenue. Tom's Auto Sales, Iowa's largest independent used car dealer. Four to 500 used cars, trucks, and SUVs in stock. At Tom's Auto Sales, we have great prices and a great selection of the best quality used vehicles around. We have the best prices in town on used vehicles and price sells cars. We're a one-stop shop for all brands of cars, trucks, and SUVs. Looking for that used vehicle in the five dollars to $6,000 range? Tom's Auto Sales has it. Family owned, family operated. Come into Tom's Auto Sales and let ours help yours. We don't sell to everyone we talk to, but we're still talking to everyone we sold to. Tom's Auto Sales with four locations in the Des Moines Metro, three locations just off 235 on East University Avenue, and one location just south of 8035 on Merle Hay Road. Visit our website at tomsautogroup.com. That's tomsautogroup.com. Tom's Auto Sales. Attention landowners. Want to know what your farm is worth? At Iowa Land Company, our team of blue-collar land experts combine years of real estate experience with the latest marketing innovations to give you a modern real estate service unmatched in the Hawkeye State. We're a farmland real estate company, and helping connect buyers and sellers of Iowa land is our specialty. Give us a call at 641-443-2584 or visit us online at iowalandcompany.com for a free farmland evaluation. Your Honor, I stand before you to prove that AT&T's two-year price guarantee is the ultimate all-included bundle experience. Order! I submit Exhibit A. Direct TV select all-included package with over 145 channels. Exhibit B. Monthly fees for Wi-Fi gateway, Genie HD DVR, and three additional receivers included. Objection! Overruled! Exhibit C. Reliable high-speed internet and digital home phone. Order! And to close, lock in your bundle price at $89.99 a month for two years with AT&T. The court rules in favor of AT&T. Call your local dealer now. Switch to DirecTV today and start enjoying the nation's number one satellite TV service. Call Rockstar Satellite at 515-262-STAR. That's Rockstar Satellite at 515-262-STAR. For us, 24-month TV and 12-month internet agreements and combined billing. New approved customers only must remain active and in good standing on all services or then prevailing rate supply in second year. Prorated ETF up to $480 for TV, $180 for internet, equipment, non-return, other fees and conditions apply. Call for details. Offerings 121.17. Hey, it's Jimmy B. And TC for Draft House 50 on Mills Civic Park. 
Parkway in West Des Moines. Hey, Draft House 50 has 47 big screen TVs for great viewing of any game. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, golf, tennis, you name it. Hey, the Draft House 50 can get it, even cricket? Draft House 50 has a sensational menu featuring specialty burgers, steaks, salads, and so much more. And on Saturday and Sunday, beginning at 10 a.m., it's brunch, which includes a terrific Bloody Mary bar. The Draft House 50, a place for sports, great food, and drinks. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Hi folks, Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories, as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988, and we won't be undersold by the big stores, and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or we can be reached at 515-331-1577. We're JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon. Jim Brinson, Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Live from the Wolf Construction Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent. Hey, everybody, welcome back in. We roll all the way till 3 o'clock today. It's always fun when we have a chance to hang out with Zuba Mahente. He, uh likes coming on the show because he's got nothing else better to do at ESPN. He's on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Hello, Zubin. I'm not denying any of that. I'm not denying any of that. <laughs> All right. So in tonight's NBA game, we're not going to get another clunker from LeBron. Look, the last time he had a clunker was like three, four years ago. Uh you just think it was just one of those nights where nothing he did really worked correctly. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to think he actually has those nights anymore just because 14 years into the league, he's playing his best basketball, and anybody that can actually utter that statement, no matter what position you play, you almost look at them and say, man, they're probably capable of doing anything. He was just coming off his best conference semifinal series he's had in his career in terms of statistics, and that's saying something, considering, of course, he's won three NBA titles. So I think a lot of people just looked at it and said, well, it seems like the Pacers in the first round have given them the toughest challenge. The Pacers in the first round, at least before game number three, appeared as though they were tougher out than than, uh, Toronto and Boston was going to be. And obviously everything sort of flipped. So I think a lot of the narrative was written before that, that, hey, if they, uh, if they couldn't really do anything, the Patriots couldn't do anything, win a game, the Raptors couldn't do anything, win a game, the Celtics were down 41 at half of their own floor, lost 130-86. After scoring 130 points, Teron Lou, the first thing he uttered was, I'm so glad we gave up just 86 points. <laughs> he scored 130 points. He's more fired up about your defense. He just sort of felt like they were just cruising and credit to the Celtics. I mean, at 77-56, they refused to go down. And I think that's something that's very admirable. But I agree with you. And the biggest residual effect, Jim, is that I think if the Warriors, in any case, were going to take their foot off the proverbial pedal last night, after what they saw the previous night, mm-hmm. you kind of felt like San Antonio was in for it big time. Because I don't think the Warriors, for one second, thought to themselves, we're going to let that happen to us. Cautionary tale, but I think it worked out for them in the end. Zubin Mahete joining us here. Zubin, uh, with that being said, uh, there's theories out there about LeBron maybe trying to 
do something psychological as we've seen him do in the past, letting the team know, hey, we got to get better defensively before Golden State. We need to play another tight game, and that's why he disappeared in the second half, figuring that they'd be able to pull it out of the end, and of course that didn't happen. Those theories might be a little bit far-flung here, but at the very least, we've seen LeBron in the past do some different kind of things psychologically. Could that be a play here? I don't think so. I think that the Celtics won the most games in the East for a reason. Um, I think at the end of the day, people looked at the regular season standings and sort of dismissed them because Cleveland and Toronto both won the same amount of games. And, of course, nobody thinks Cleveland and Toronto are on the same page as just evidence by the playoffs. So it's one of those situations where I think a lot of people just tend to look at the standings and say, well, they can't be really that good, or they're a regular season team, and the Cavs are always the light switch, that old term light switch, they'll turn it on when they need to. And they wanted to get healthy down the stretch. They didn't care. They lost a couple of really embarrassing games to the Hawks down the stretch. And nobody really cares. But I think at the end of the day, as much as LeBron struggled, he had 11-6-6, six, and, six, and the, the, the latter six I'm talking about is turnovers. I think you're at a point where you have to at some point, even though it obviously still seems like the Cavs will probably win this series and could quite easily do it in five games, that I think at some point you've got to give the Celtics credit for being the number one seed, for not laying down. And like I said, LeBron is so good, you look at it and say, you know, is LeBron just toying with this because he's actually gotten to the level where you think he can physically do and mentally do anything on the court, he's that good. But I think that would be short-shrifting Boston a little bit. Uh, and I know the first few games they didn't deserve any sort of uh, plaudit. But I think in this particular case, they showed up and, and proved to people that, by the way, from late October to uh, mid-April, we were the best team in the, uh, in the Eastern Conference. And it took a while for them to show it because your first and second round series didn't exactly spell domination to them. But I think they, they showed it that night with their grip. Zuma is our guest on the Draft House 50 Hotline, Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Zubin, um, without Isaiah Thomas, the Celtics will have the number one draft selection. It appears it'll probably be Markel Fultz out of the University of Washington. Thomas is, will be on his last year of a contract. Do you trade him? and try to get another top player for him or, again, another top draft pick? Or do you let Fultz come in and have him tutored by Thomas before you let him go? I don't know how you feel, Jim. I just feel you just, if you're Boston, you just keep stockpiling assets and just getting better and better and better. I'm not so worried about them having so many guards and, you know, Fultz is a guard or Ball is a guard or whatever the case is and just having a glut. As a position, I look at it and just say to myself, well, he's the emotional heartbeat of this team. And I think a lot of times we get very hair-triggered in terms of our latest reactions. Like, oh, my goodness, they won a playoff game without Isaiah Thomas. Maybe they're better without Isaiah Thomas. I don't think they're better without Isaiah Thomas, but that has been floated out there. I certainly think they're better when Isaiah's 100%, and he clearly wasn't 100% in the first couple series. That hip injury that knocked him out for the postseason happened on March 16th. So, He's been dealing with the effects of that for the better part of a couple months now into the regular season and through the postseason. I just think you keep stockpiling assets and just at the end of the day, think the talent will win. Because Golden State is just stockpiling assets. Like, they're not worried when they get Kevin Durant, well, wow, we already have Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and Andre Iguodala. What do we do? How are we going to get all these guys the ball? I think they just said, if we can get the best group of people together, get some really good coaching and get them focused on winning, and nobody's probably more focused on winning than the team that's won more NBA titles. 
I think you'll be fine. There's a couple of schools of thought. The number one school of thought is they trade the pick, get some great assets, and go after a big-name free agent, or should they just draft the person and see what they can do to close the gap with LeBron in the East? Because I think the overall riding theory is that no matter what you do, whether you would add a humongous free agent or select the best player available in the NBA draft to fit your needs or the most talented player in the NBA draft to fit your needs, if you were to do either of those two things, grab Markel Fultz, Alonzo, anybody you wanted, Malik Monk, Foxman, anybody you wanted, or you could add the biggest free agent like Paul George or Gordon Hayward or Blake Griffin or Chris, I mean, anything you wanted to do, I still don't think any of those guys that I just mentioned, whether it's Gordon, pros, college player, none of those paired with this current Celtics team and a healthy Isaiah is still going to be enough, in my opinion, to knock off LeBron. So no matter what you do, I think you've got to play the long-term game because with all due respect, I think in the short term, no matter what move they make, established player, college player, young guy, veteran, it still won't be enough to knock off LeBron if he continues to play at this level. At a certain point, you would think LeBron will start getting old and maybe showing some age, but you never know with this guy. He's the Tom Brady of basketball. You just never know. He continues to turn back the clock. But I think you've got to play the long-term game here because the Nets are going to keep playing terrible. They're going to keep stockpiling those net sticks, and you've got to play for the long term because I don't think trying to make a play for next year and getting the aha moment, getting that one guy to put him over the top, it might happen. I just don't think it's going to happen in 2018. So last night might have been the end of day Zubin for Manu Ginobili, uh, European or uh, Argentinian player that uh, made the Eurostep a big thing, even though he wasn't it. from Europe, which is great yeah. in its own right. But a six foot six could shoot it on a lot of great teams with the Spurs. But this is something I want to talk to Jim about later too. Manu is he overrated? Because you look at the numbers, they're not that great. Oh, no, I don't think he's overrated at all. I think he's one of the revelations in NBA history. I think it's one of those situations where you have to look at it and say, everything is not stat-driven. I think a lot of times we tend to look at, like, pro football focus and say, well, the guy's TSF number wasn't very good. He must have had a, a bad game. And I don't think there's any indication to me that if you just watch him. I think sometimes we get so caught up in advanced stats and numbers that sometimes the best indicator of someone's talent, in any profession, by the way, is the eye test. You know, does he or she look like they fit? He fit perfectly on a team like that. He played almost till he was 40 years old. He had athleticism that belied his age. He was a part of four championship teams. Um, I think there's a big intangible in terms of leadership. Played his entire career with one organization, um, and that organization was ahead of the curve in spotting international talent. I think the Spurs and probably... Don Nelson and his son, Donnie Nelson, who did a really good job of the Dallas Mavericks finding international players. They were ahead of the curve there. He was asked to sacrifice in no time with his Spurs, not one minute that he played in the San Antonio Spurs. Could you say he was the top two option on his team? Never. You know, I mean, I don't know how you're going to accrue the stats that people want him to accrue when the ball was always going to A or B, and then maybe him or maybe not. And you can make the argument for any big guy you want on San Antonio in any particular era and then Tony Parker, and then Kawhi, and LaMarcus. I mean, and obviously LaMarcus came toward the end of his career. But I just think he's not overrated because, while this, I don't know what you really want from the stats when you consider that he was never the primary ball handler, not the primary first shot shooter, not your primary rebound guy. Now, that's to say you could say, well, why wasn't he any of those things? But the reality is that the Spurs had 
players of incredible talent at all of those positions throughout his career. I don't want to call him a glue guy or Mr. Intangible or anything like that that's too cliche, but I think his impact is numerous. And I also think that he opened up a lot of South America to the NBA. Brazil has had guys like Barbosa. There's a lot of other things that don't show up in a stat sheet, including opening up an entire continent, you know, to the game of basketball, mm-hmm. which he did. So I, I think he's not an overrated player. I don't think, if anything, I think he's underrated because if you go by the stats, the stats just don't tell the story of what he meant because he was a unique piece on a unique team. Zubin Mahente is our guest on the Draft House 50 hotline. Zubin, we will have a team in the NHL playoffs in the Nashville Predators that have never reached these heights before the Stanley Cup Finals. And now all of Nashville, country music, extraordinary city that it is, how do you get all these cowpokes and cowgirls on that bandwagon? Here's the funny thing. I actually think this is one of the most underrated stories in sports right now, and obviously because of the National Hockey League, it has to continually fight for attention, even though their playoffs have been terrific. But again, they just don't capture the imagination of the American sports fan the way that the NBA does when it's running concurrently. I was talking to our Barry Melrose, who actually thinks he's one of the best analysts that we have, and he was basically saying the best thing for the NHL. He's been saying this for a while, and obviously now it's come to fruition, so he doesn't have to get on the drumbeat anymore. But he constantly was saying the best thing for the NHL would be for the Predators to make the Stanley Cup Final. They've never been to the Western Conference Final. The National Anthem thing, if you guys have been following, the country music stars is fantastic. They've had a ton of people come out. Barry says their fans are very knowledgeable. It doesn't seem like it's a hockey hotbed, but people have wrapped their arms around it. They've been terrific. And what Barry said was the exposure, to your point, Jim, that these country music stars could bring to the table, the atmosphere that will be there. Uh, Nashville's a great place of a ton of celebrities, and he just says the NHL could just use that boost. It could use that mix. Obviously, the kid is great, all that sort of stuff. You know, Ottawa's a tough draw for anybody in the United States from a TV market standpoint, but for ancillary publicity, attention, Nashville would be great. It'd be another new market for the NHL. It's got a lot of old guard, and there's nothing wrong with old guard. People love old guard when it comes to watching the Celtics and the Lakers and the Rangers and the Bruins and all that sort of stuff. People love the old guard. They love the blue bloods, if you will, New Carolina, all that stuff. But at the same token, Barry just thinks the mix of what Nashville brings could be huge for the NHL. And I think Subban's a great story. I mean, he was an A number one player in Canada, and now he's taken a little bit of a less prominent role with this team, which is, I think, a story in and of itself. So, you know, Barry tells me it's the best thing that could happen for hockey Hockey can use some good things right now to get the attention because, as you know, once the Cavs and the Warriors play, the NHL Stanley Cup Finals is going to be fighting for any morsel of attention right. it can get because most fans will be totally wrapped up in the NBA like you and I and mm-hmm. Jim and Trent. I hope we can finally push you over to the NBA side. But We're it's one there. of those things <laughs> but for hockey. <laughs> but for hockey, this is the best thing, according to Barry, and I'm excited to see it. It's new blood. Like anything that's fresh and new and different is going to be cool. And here's the other thing. They're by no means a fluky team, right? They swept the Blackhawks. They were, I think they had, for a while there, they had not lost back-to-back playoff games. They were one of their first six home playoff games. Uh, it's a really, really good story, and uh, one worth paying attention to, though I have some issues about exactly how much attention will actually be paid to it once the NBA Finals get going. Very, very true there. I don't think there's any doubt about it, Zubin. We know the NBA and what we're going mm-hmm. to get there. That is certainly going to be dominating things. Well, before we uh, run with you, Zubin, it 
it is the time where once we get past the playoffs, the finals for the NBA, the Stanley Cup, it gets into baseball mode. What's captivated you this baseball season? The Cubs coming off the World Series. Uh, Indians, a favorite in the American League. They've been kind of ho-hum like the Cubs this year. What's been the biggest story in your mind here for 2017 in baseball? I'm going to play a little booking agent for uh, for Jimmy B and C here. Yeah, I think right. my, my favorite story, let me get you one. I, we actually had this guy on SportsCenter. I think he'd be a great guest for you, especially if you're a baseball audience. To me, the story of the season, I'm not just looking at the standings when I say this, because I think it's a really good story, is the Houston Astros. I really believe that's the best story in baseball. Um, obviously, Keiko's on a DL at the moment. It's a 10-day DL, so, I mean, he'll be back soon enough. Um, but I think it's the best story because they have such a great mix of youth and experience. I mean, Altuve, I think he's about five foot six. Correa's been unbelievable. Um, and Keiko is, I mean, his record indicates right now he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. But the reason I think it's so interesting, a couple of years ago, you guys might remember this. We actually had this guy on the show the other day. His name is Ben Ryder, who was actually a, a writer for Sports Illustrated. I think he spells it R-I-E-R-E-I-T-E-R. Anyway, uh, they did a cover story a couple of years ago, and people laughed at them. But it was a couple of years ago, they put it on the cover. And, you know, these days you got to put something out there to get people's attention and get people to focus a little bit. And it said the Houston Astros, who were going through a disastrous slump. I mean, mm-hmm. disastrous, which is what makes this story so good of how bad they used to be. And it said the Houston Astros, the 2017 World Series champions. Yes. <laughs> and it just talks it well. about the yeah. way they were building. And it was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. It wasn't just in there, just hard to miss. And we had him on the show the other day, and I just said to him, like, I mean, what did you see here? I mean, I understand right now it's May 23rd, but um, I said to him, what did you see? And it was just the way that they were building. As you guys know, they went through that controversial hockey scandal and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of things that went in there, spotting Correa, uh, spotting out Tuve, Gaddison, so many good stories. So that could be a good guest to your show. He was really interesting. But to me, the Houston Astros, it's easy to go with the team that's got the best record, guys, first team of 30, I think, first team of 30 victories. But to me, that has been the story of the season only because of how far they've come. Let me know if he ends up on your show. I'd like to take some credit for that. Okay, yeah, that'd be awesome, Zubin. Okay, be- <laughs> before we let you run, uh, the National Football League has voted and approved. The overtime now in the NFL is only going to be 10 minutes, not 15. And Roger Gazelle, uh, Gazelle has uh, Goodell, thank you, has loosened up the restrictions for touchdown celebrations. Your thoughts on both? Yeah, I mean, the touchdown celebration things, I think, needed to happen because that's just a, just a little olive branch to the players because he's obviously had this sort of draconian tenure, whether it's right or wrong or justified or not. Everybody seems to think he's just a little bit too heavy-handed. So this is an easy olive branch. Like, guys, show your personality, have some fun. Most of you guys wear helmets all the time. We don't see you. Let me see some personality. Let me see what you're all about. I think this is an easy one. It doesn't really affect the game. It just actually makes the game a little bit more human, a little bit more relevant. Um, and I, I don't understand why this was held back for so long. Obviously, there was a situation with the penalties and what's excessive celebration. This one was easy. This one's just like, hey, you're obviously in a bad spot with the players. The players just want to write to express themselves, have some fun, uh, and let them have It doesn't cost us anything because, obviously, at the end of the day, there's so much cost involved in decisions. This isn't going to cost anybody anything, so let's do it. The overtime thing, I think, is a drastic overreaction. If they want to figure out a way to curb games, I don't think you shave off the most important points in a game. I think there's other ways to do it. I know Les Moonves, the guy that runs CBS, has talked to Roger Goodell about doing something about commercial breaks, uh, eliminating what they call the double dips, right? That's when a team scores a touchdown, they take a commercial, 
Then there's a kickoff. They take another commercial. Right. And suddenly you sat through two bunches of commercials and no plays from scrimmage. You know, like nothing has happened. You scored a touchdown, and then there's been a kickoff, and you've seen two extra rounds of commercials with the other team not having done anything at that particular point. Those are the things I think they need to curtail. I'm not sure the shaving five minutes off of overtime, especially when you're a fan and you desperately want to win and you've been investing three-plus hours. I don't think those are the five minutes you crop. At the end of the day, those can be the five most critical, important, fascinating, dramatic, cool moments of a game. I understand they want to speed it up, but I just don't understand why they would do it from the back end of the game when things could be decided. I think there's plenty of things throughout the course of the game that you could do to speed it up, including, obviously, uh, accentuating replay, expediting replay. I just don't understand why this particular move was made. Obviously, I don't think it's going to be a major factor because, as you know, a ton of games don't actually go into overtime. Uh, there are some that obviously do, but I think, again, these are a couple of rules that might feel good on the surface, but I don't exactly know how much resonance they're really going to have. Always good, pal, when we catch up with you. Thank you, Zubin, as always. You have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Q&1, NBA Finals. Book it, Jim. We'll see you. Okay, got it. <laughs> That's great. Zubahente on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Quick break. We're coming right back. Big Talker, 1700. Hey, it's Bill Ryder. Nice to be talking to the home crowd again in central Iowa, where I was raised, where I got married. The show is right than you. 5 to 9 p.m. weekdays on Des Moines Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. It's baseball season, and if you're looking for a place to go for all the MLB games, make a Draft House 50 Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Cubs, Twins, Royals, White Sox, Cardinals, even the Brew Crew, or an out-of-market game. Draft House 50 has you covered with the MLB Extra Innings Package. Upscale bar food, an amazing beer selection, and on the weekends, brunch and Bloody Mary Bar every Saturday and Sunday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Draft House 50 Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Beautify and protect your patios, walkways, driveways, and more with rock-solid wet-look lacquer from Menards. It seals and enhances masonry, decorative concrete, pavers, and more while adding a wet-look finish to the surface. Rock-solid wet-look lacquer provides excellent water repellency and protects against stains, chemicals, abrasions, and grease. It's available in high-gloss or low-gloss for only $29.98 a gallon. Now during Menards Memorial Day Sale. Save big money at Menards. I'm KFC's Extra Crispy Colonel, and you're the extra busy regular person who has to make dinner for a family of four. But you can shirk that responsibility because my Extra Crispy $20 fill-up from KFC contains eight pieces of freshly double-breaded Extra Crispy Chicken, four biscuits, two orders of mashed potatoes, and a side of coleslaw for just $20. That'll feed them. KFC, it's Extra Crispy Good. Pricing and participation may vary. Tax and substitutions extra. You see a beautiful yard. Weeds see a playground. The Home Depot can help. Right now, buy Roundup Weed and Grass Killer with Comfort Wand and get a free refill. Roundup kills the toughest weeds and unwanted grass right at the root. You worked hard for that beautiful yard. Keeping it weed-free should be easy. Get a fresh take on spring and a free refill with the purchase of Roundup Weed and Grass Killer. Now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. U.S. only, limit two per customer, valid through May 31st. Guys don't really talk about antiperspirant. Despite that, 91% of Dove Men Plus Care users recommend it. Here's what they said. It blocks the, you know, perspiration, I think is the fancy word. It's comfortable. 
Uh, <laughs> it smells nice. My girl likes the smell. Well, it's, it's, uh, I don't, uh, it's hard. I think it's quite masculine. Uh, my underarms aren't the worst thing at the gym. It's kind of like the Hoover Dam from my armpits, I guess. Dove Men Plus Care, any person. Seventeen hundred KPGG kicks off your morning with on air with Doug, Jen, and Victoria. I would want all of the police force to have everything that they would need at their fingertips. Just because they say that they need it, that's enough. We need it, so please get it to us. And they give you the hometown scoop with Monk and Kelly. They had a clothing. Line. Yeah. Is it really made of bacon? It's got the official bacon yeah. stamp of approval. Smell or not? Scratch it, sniff. News from around the globe with Westwood One on air with Doug, Jen, and Victoria on the Big Talker Seven. KBGG. Trust, quality, value. Just some of the words that have been used by Wolf Construction Roofing customers to describe their experience. Wolf Construction Roofing works on residential and commercial roofing, including single-family and multi-family homes, tear-offs, specialty roofing, and gutters. Wolf Construction has grown into a roofing machine that installs and re-roofs nearly 2 million square feet of roofing each year. Wolf Construction has been given the Super Service Award from Angie's List and is accredited with the Better Business Bureau. Call them today for your free estimate. Wolf Construction Roofing, 515-216-3643. That's 515-216-3643. And online, wolfconstruction.net. Hey, everybody, it's me, it's Jimmy B., and I'm here to tell you about Aspen in the West Glen Town Center in West Des Moines. You want a great workout? Aspen has got everything that you need. It's a newly remodeled facility. All the machines, all of the weights, training sessions, everything that you need to get your health improved. And right now, Aspen is running a family add-on special. One dollar to join any membership for someone in your family as well. Just one dollar it's a family membership add-on special it's aspen west glen town center west des moines jim brinson trent condon it's jimmy b and tc on 1700 kbgg live from the wolf construction studio sponsored by wolf construction roofing here's jim and trent all right everybody we roll all the way of course till three o'clock today uh don't forget Coming up in roughly about uh, eight or nine minutes from right now, Alex Halstead, 24-7, Cyclone Alert. We will dive into everything Cyclones at that particular time, uh, including the signing of Michael Jacobson and uh, the departing of Darius McNeil as well. All of that will take place coming up at 1 o'clock. Well, it's still not official, right? No, it's not. Iowa State has not released it. They have not officially released him. That's correct. One caveat we do need to put in there. Yes. Uh, we, we've talked about when you release a transfer, mm-hmm. you can put restrictions on that. If you feel there's tampering that has happened, you can say, like we talked about Bo Ryan when Jared Utah left. Right. Well, we're going to restrict him from the whole ACC, the whole Big Ten, all these other schools that yeah. we got non-conference games with. As it pertains to an incoming freshman that has signed a national letter of intent, you cannot put those kind of restrictions. You either release him mm-hmm. and he can go where he wants, or you don't release him. He'll have to sit out a year and lose a year of eligibility. 
Those are your two courses of action. So for McNeil and for Iowa State, that's the way it's going to go. They're either going to release him, he'd go wherever he wants, or they're not going to release him, he'll have to sit out next year and then only have three years of eligibility. Gotcha. Okay, good enough. You had a question for me on Manu. Yeah, we got to just... Uh, I. What do you, I like Manu as a player. You're struggling here, I can tell. What's, I like Manu as a player. That's okay. not what I'm seeing here. Okay. But Hall of Famer, I mean... Is he the... I heard last night during the broadcast that they thought he was the second best foreign player because he's from Argentina, not Europe, like some people think. Right. Foreign player to play next to Dirk Nowitzki because Dirk's an all-timer. I struggled with that a little bit. I thought of Detlab Shrimp. Arvidas Sabonis. Arvidas Sabonis. He would have played in the NBA the whole time. Well, yeah. He'd be, he'd be, he might be number one yeah, over, he, yeah, he, over, over even Dirk. Dirk. But how about uh, Drazen Petrovic, who was yeah. killed? Right. People don't remember his days with the Nets. I mean, I, there was... I just struggle with him in that light. Okay. He's a good player. He's a nice player. Oh, no, he, he is. A lot of big moments. Yes. Hall of Fame? No. That That's... Just kind of what I've struggled that with. Is, that is the discussion will, that will take place. And yeah. if everybody says, well, titles always make... Well, he's got four titles. Yeah, but was he ever the best player? No, he was not. Was he ever team. the second best player? Maybe one of the Maybe teams. one of those times. Mostly he, he was third, third, fourth best player. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. All right, we'll take Is a- Robert Ory a Hall of Famer? He's got six. Yeah, I know he does. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. No. Uh, we're coming right back, and Alex Halstead will be our guest on the Big Talker 1700. 1700 KBGG is the Big Talker in Des Moines with Jimmy B and TC. Noon to 3, sports talk that rocks. 1700 KBGG. Hi, folks. Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories, as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988, and we won't be undersold by the big stores, and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or we can be reached at 515-331-1577. We're JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon. Since 1993, Wolf Construction has been Des Moines' choice for residential and commercial roofing. From complete re-roofing to small leaks, call Wolf Construction at 225-8866 for your roofing needs. Call 225-8866 to set up your roofing consultation or online at wolfconstruction.net. That's wolfconstruction.net for Wolf Construction. A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. wolfconstruction.net. You don't need more sports, but you want more sports. Rockstar Satellite can fix that with free next-day installation on DirecTV. Call Rockstar Satellite, 515-262-STAR. Call today for next-day installation, 515-262-STAR. Attention landowners, want to know what your farm is worth? At Iowa Land Company, our team of blue-collar land experts combine years of real estate experience with the latest marketing innovations to give you a modern real estate service unmatched in the Hawkeye State. We're a farmland real estate company, and helping connect buyers and sellers of Iowa land is our specialty. Give us a call at 641-443-2584 or visit us online at iowalandcompany.com for a free farmland evaluation. Hey, everybody, it's me, it's Jimmy B., and I'm here to tell you about Aspen in the West Glen Town Center in West Des Moines. You want a great workout? Aspen has got everything that you need. It's a newly remodeled facility, all the machines, all of the 
weights, training sessions, everything that you need to get your health improved. And right now, Aspen is running a family add-on special. One dollar to join any membership for someone in your family as well. Just one dollar. It's a family membership add-on special. It's Aspen, West Glen, Town Center, West Des Moines. Guys don't really talk about antiperspirant. Despite that, 91% of Dove Men Plus Care users recommend it. Here's what they said. It blocks the, you know, perspiration, I think is the fancy word. It's comfortable. Uh, <laughs> it smells nice. My girl likes the smell. Well, it's, it, uh, I don't know, uh, it's hard. I think it's quite masculine. Uh, my underarms aren't the worst thing at the gym. It's kind of like the Hoover Dam from my armpits, I guess. Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant. Tough on sweat, not on skin. If there's one thing the pros at Advance know, it's parts. Advance out of parts and batteries. Craig can help you. Hey, Craig, I need an oil change. I was wondering if you had any deals. Yes, we have uh, five quarts of Castrol Edge with a K&N filter for $22.99. That's a good deal. Castrol Edge is good stuff, right? Absolutely. Helps the performance of hardworking engines. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, you can't get better protection. Wow, even better. Now at Advance Auto, get five quarts of Castrol Edge or high mileage full synthetic and a K&N oil filter for just $22.99 after mail-in rebate. See store for details also at participating CarQuest stores. I know it's tough to hear me with this firefighter's air pack on, but it's the only way I can be in this smoldering pile of ashes that was my office. And I could get in trouble, but I hope you won't make the same mistake I did, since at least one in four businesses that suffer this type of loss never reopen. So here goes. Just three days ago, we sat in this melted wreck of what used to be a conference room, talking about how good things were. Over there was the tech room. The fire's bad enough, but the water damage really gets me. Look, here's an article describing us as visionaries. I should have done our disaster plan, but with everything else, I just didn't see this coming. Visionaries, huh? Well, the good news is, at least the ashes can't burn down. There'll always be a few fires to put out around the office, unless it's not around anymore. But when you have a disaster...